Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. Do I even know the name I was of? Un- <laughs> you're stuttering on the title. I was going to say Untrust, Antitrust, because that's the main topic. Anyways, MGR Unplugged. That's the name of the podcast. However, today um, we're going to focus mostly on the uh, congressional hearing yesterday with the uh, four CEOs of the uh, major tech companies. Those were actually the GAFA companies that we talked about for the uh, European tax. Google, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook. So anyways, yesterday, the four CEOs were testifying before another, Congress. You know, there's, oh, never mind. Never what, mind. what? Well, if you spell fang, but take out the N. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but. So I was like, is it the fang companies? I was like, no, but Netflix isn't there. And then I thought, so it's F, oh, I shouldn't say that. Well, now they had two A's because they, the, uh, it became like uh, Apple Alphabet. No, it's Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Apple Amazon, Amazon and then Google. Yeah. yeah. So now it's, if you consider Google Alphabet, then it's fa. <laughs> Anyways. I heard they're going back on that. They're uh, getting rid of Alphabet. They're just going back to Google. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of because silly. Because they said it's too silly confusing. Stuff. So anyway, we're still in the intro here, by the way. So um, yeah. Which, by the way, it's very stupid. I never understood the Alphabet thing. I was like, you can just be Google. Like, yeah, anyways. They, they never even own the domain, but uh, so so we're gonna discuss mostly a little bit of a breakdown for for people that didn't listen to it, um, uh, what it was discussed and all the stuff, and then we'll have a little bit of a late conversation about basketball. David is so excited; it starts today. Finally, he thought it was last week. He was so disappointed. So it's today. Today, basketball season officially resumes. It wasn't say I wouldn't say starts, but resumes, and in the bubble in Orlando and see how that goes. Uh, how that goes. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're ready. So, before we start, let's just roll the music. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So, turn me up real loud. My time. My time. None of you people can tell me to stop. All right, welcome back. David, what do you want to start with? Uh, basketball or uh, no, antitrust uh, hearing? All right, so yesterday, um, the uh, four CEOs were uh, testifying before Congress. Actually, it wasn't right there. They were remotely testifying because of the uh, pandemic. So that was kind of a little a little um, strange. Um, but they were all testifying, um, and it was an anti-monopoly or antitrust hearing against or for um, Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Apple, basically. And and that's one of the reasons why some people were asking, well, how come Twitter is not there or Microsoft or, or other major tech companies? But this was just an antitrust basically trying to dissect whether these companies should be broken up into you know, because they are, they've become a, a huge monopoly in their respective fields. So that was the gist of the uh, of the hearing. And uh, t- to my surprise, actually, they were <clears throat> in normally when you have these hearings, you realize that congressmen or women or uh, members of the committee, um, the judicial committee in this case, are not really prepared for these kind of technical questions. And the CEOs just kind of like giving a wraparound. But actually, you know, I, I did listen to, it was about five hours. I didn't listen, obviously, to a, or watch the five hours, but I did see a lot of the highlights. And uh, I was surprised. I mean, they were asking very, very good questions this time. They were very well uh, prepared for the questions the uh, as far as uh, the congressional members that were part of the committee. Uh, they asked very good questions. They put the CEOs on the spot. And if anything, I would say this time, the CEOs themselves didn't look to be so well prepared like their 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 answers were either very vague or they didn't know or but you know there's one thing when you say i don't know or you kind of give this wraparound and answer politician question but in this case they were actually kind of caught on the spot a little bit and and made a little nervous which kind of makes you feel like this ceo should be ready for all kinds of tough questions you know but they weren't um so we'll get more into those details but um uh, what was your first uh, impression, David, from what you saw? Um, I thought that uh, Zuck did not do well. Um, you can just tell that they're all putting on an act, all the CEOs, because you you hear stories, you 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 hear things about behind closed doors how they really are. 
you know, and even the Congress people were like reading emails, internal emails that were leaked mm-hmm. and all of that. And it's like, you know, Zuckerberg saying like, we need to murder the competition, well, and, well, you know, and it's like, yeah, but that's, that's how they really are. And then, you know, they put on the suit and tie and sit there and say, well, no congressman, because we'll, we'll, it's like, right. that's not the real Zuckerberg. That's not the real Bezos. These guys are killers. That's why they're there. But you mentioned one thing about the emails, which is something that is pretty amazing to me. Why are these guys having those conversations and they put everything in writing where there's a paper trail of them saying those specific things that were taken out against them? years later yeah, i mean they have this were old like some of the emails were like 2011 2012 it doesn't matter does she know enough to have i mean they have these emails that say it's confidential oh we're gonna murder uh instagram is killing us we're gonna annihilate them and blah blah and other stuff and they have these internal memos that are public not- i mean congressmen they, they had that as as proof so they can't deny something that they were in inter- office memos or emails where they were saying that so why or even text messages or whatever. Why having that kind of exchange with their own high-level people with that paper trail that could be coming against them? I mean, legally, uh, it, it's just. I mean, they were they were basically putting themselves on the spot because if they're trying to say, "Oh no, we respect the competition," this or that. No, you don't. You just basically said you're threatening them. So either you join us or we're gonna kill you. I mean, financially. So yeah, you know. See, I think a lot of people... And this is Zuckerberg who actually covers his camera and his uh, USB and all that for security and all that. You know, I think there's a there's a lot of people don't understand what makes something an antitrust case. Um, just because you're successful and you're a big company does not mean that you're anti-competitive. It's a very different thing. Um, so just because Facebook is now big and successful... Um, doesn't, and I'm not, I'll give my opinion of which ones I think actually should probably be broken up or not, but just because a company is big and successful doesn't mean that they're a monopoly, right? That just means that they were big and successful. There's nothing wrong with being the best in your industry and being mm-hmm. the dominant I player. I completely agree with that. Um, and there were times where I kind of just wish Zuckerberg or any of these guys would have basically just said, yeah, Congressman, my job is to win and we won. Okay, and if you don't think our competitors were saying the same thing about us, you're out of your mind. Okay, just like in the same way that, by the way, these politics, I would love my comeback to any of these people would be like, hey, Senator, you've held your um, seat for six terms in a row now. Couldn't someone argue that you're anti-competitive? Do you have a monopoly? Well, no, you have plenty of people who run against you every time, right? But you win. Your job is to win. And guess what? We won. That's what we do. Just And if we hadn't won, it w- we would never have won had we not been killers. Because yeah. if you want to build a trillion-dollar company, you need to be a killer. And I, and I agree with that. I mean, obviously, all of a sudden, it, look, it looks like being competitive and, and basically beating your competition like, is a bad thing. It's like saying know? Michael Jordan had a monopoly on championships. No, he was just fucking better than everybody. Right, right. It, but it's not so much, yeah, but if Michael Jordan, uh, the, the problem with this monopoly and antitrust hearing is that it's if, it's if Michael Jordan, all of a sudden, he not only was he the best player of his era, or maybe arguably the best player ever, uh, but if he also owned the referee association and the NBA and the team, and then basically he, he owns everything, and then, yeah, he by the way, he is also the best player. So I, I think that the problem is when you dissect the different situations with the, the Apples, the Googles, the Amazons and all that is that they started being very aggressive and with very good CEOs and not just in the past. I mean, Bezos has been up with Amazon since the beginning, but obviously Sundar Pichard, uh, he's been there after Larry Page and Sergey Brin and um, Tim Cook, the same thing. Um, but they, they grew the company to a point where they control everything. They become the judge, the jury and the executors. And, and and that is the problem that they have because in in the case of uh, of Amazon they they started their, their own company selling books on DVDs and CDs and so now they started third party sellers and all that stuff and and for example Google is the same thing you know one of the accusations is that yeah they started in the search engine business and they became better I mean when they started they were like that was what 15 20 years ago so to me of the four companies that were there 
Um, the two that I think there is no case for, and I'll tell you why, are Apple and Amazon. I think that there is a case for Google and Facebook, but for Apple and Amazon, I don't think there's a case. Um, Apple is the most obvious one. Apple doesn't have a monopoly on anything. They sell a shit ton of iPhones, but there's plenty of other phone competitors out there. Uh, and in fact, on a revenue basis, Apple is the best, but on a pure unit sold, Apple is not the number one unit yeah, sold. Yeah, I actually don't, I agree. I mean, I don't know why Apple was The whole there. thing is that they basically uh, charge high fees to the App Store, and that they're pretty controlling of what apps get approved. But it's their closed ecosystem. <clears throat> um, if you want to be on an open ecosystem, go to Android. Well, it was a little bit of also not just the app store for the apps, but also the fact that they have their own Apple TV and everything. And they they had the fees also whether you have Amazon Prime. And there was a conflict with, when yeah, they were well, accepting Amazon Prime or not. And then you have Netflix and how much of they have Showtime. And then you subscribe to Showtime through Amazon, through Apple TV. And then they have a cut of that. And they kind of were controlling the yeah, content a little bit. platform. Right. And I think I agree. I think in Apple's case, it's a big company. It's a very uh, American. Ultimately, the, the, and by the way, like for Apple, the money they make from all that services and shit, it's icing on the cake. The and, far, and far, far cases, majority of their money right. is, is hardware. Right. Okay. So they compete on hardware, which is the most difficult One thing. One of the complaints they had yesterday was that Apple basically was when they created their own parental control apps and everything and within Apple they um, yeah I saw that they but that was stupid they competed with the comp 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 competitive apps that also did those parental control because Apple things. doesn't make money right well that was the kind of that was the they, kind of argument from uh, Tim Cook that he says well by the way yeah we create our own thing because it's a platform and we feel like we need to create some kind of parental control thing within our own ecosystem not just relying on third party right. apps he says if, but let me remind you he said that we make no money from you those could, applications well, that we Why create. isn't anyone saying, well, Apple made a weather app and there's a million other weather apps and right. it's anti-competitive. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Right. But, you know, it's like basically Apple says, all right, if we have something that we think probably more than half of our users will use, we should probably have that default on the phone. It's probably a, their rough assessment. Uh, and, so, and that happens. I mean, they have apps for everything. They have apps who follow the stock market. For They have the news. They have right. this. But guess what? But people have choices. People they have can choices. choose. Like, I actually... Uh, the Apple Stocks app sucks. I never yeah. use the Apple right, Stocks right. app. Right, Same thing. I don't even like their weather app. I have like tons of other third-party apps that are much more accurate or detailed and everything for weather in different places. So I agree. I mean, uh, they have their own platform and you can submit something that is better. They don't boost yours versus the other one they have their own rankings in their apps and everything so i think in this case apple so, yeah, is definitely i think there's not. no case against <clears throat> apple um next up would be amazon that's the one i don't think there's a case for here's why a lot of people focus on and and by the way i'm saying this as someone who thinks that amazon um very often is terribly shitty to sellers um but i don't think that they're a monopoly because Amazon only makes up in the United States. This year it'll be more, but in 2019, they only made up about 7% of the US commerce, okay? Walmart is much bigger than Amazon still, mm -hmm. okay? It's just an e-com, they're much larger. So, uh, and this year maybe Apple will make up a little, or I'm sorry, Amazon will make up a little over 10%, but that's not enough to say monopoly, you know? People act like Amazon is like, owning the economy. They're not. And I think that Amazon has a lot of its own disadvantages too. Um, and we're seeing that more and more where you having people successfully compete with Amazon. I think Shopify is doing a great job of providing an alternative to Amazon. Same with lots of other e-commerce companies. Walmart is getting in the game too. Uh, I just think that there's Facebook is getting in the game too. Well, I think that I think Amazon doesn't have that big competition because the other competitors that they had before because Amazon was under, first. underestimated them. No, I, I mean Amazon was first. And was so, first in the e-commerce arena. Correct. Yes, so Amazon is the is the first, and they've won so far. But now e-commerce isn't a secret anymore. Everybody right. is in on it. Right. Okay. And I think that Amazon actually has some significant weaknesses that I've discussed in this podcast before. The biggest being that the way people make purchasing decisions today is very much in a social commerce world. And Amazon has very little social commerce plays. They have a, a platform 
or if you even if you want to call it a platform, a, a platform for buying and selling goods, but they don't have anything to drive demand. And demand generation is incredibly important. That's what Facebook has and Google has. I think the ones that you should that there is certainly a case for antitrust is Facebook and Google. But I think Apple and Amazon are not. Apple they have plenty of competitors. They just make really awesome products that a lot of people like. And, and to be honest, even Apple, I and mean, Amazon it's big in the U.S., but it's not that big everywhere right, else Right, like, like Apple in the United States is the biggest. Um, in Europe, it's it's pretty big too. But like in Asia, it's not that big. In fact, their biggest disappointment has been their lack of growth in Asia. Even in Europe. In Europe, Apple is not the dominant uh, device, actually. There, there's Everybody has more... There are many more um, Android-based phones than Apple phones just because of they're, Plus, they're cheaper. Apple too, is so. in a commodified market. Smartphones are totally commodified now. Um, to commodified the, or commoditized? Both. You get the point. Basically, um, most smartphones are pretty much the same. It's just what brand and operating system you want to use. Apple has a monopoly on iOS, but listen, software is copyable. You know. Apple copies Android all the time. Android copies Apple all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's commonplace. So Apple definitely doesn't have a monopoly. Amazon is a huge company and they're very successful, but they don't have a monopoly. And actually, I think they have very some very significant weaknesses that will be exposed if they don't address them in the coming five to 10 years. Um, well, I think sooner. I mean, I think uh, the famous thing that they're a one-trick pony and they haven't innovated anything since... Uh, I wouldn't say since uh, Steve Jobs. I oh, don't know. No, I'm talking about Amazon. Oh, you're talking Amazon now. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were Apple gonna... too. I mean, Apple. Apple's supposedly coming with their. Apple needs AR. That's their they savior. Do. They um, do. They're supposedly going to come with AR glasses next year. If they do, because um, the iPhone is is going down in sales because mm -hmm. basically phones last longer. People yeah. phones are good. You know, you don't need a new iPhone every time because it's just. It's not that different from the last one. Um, so iPhone sales are going down. Mac sales are obviously going down. Overall PC sales are going down. So the iPad... Um, I mean, you can only come up with so many versions. You know, I mean, they, they better right. camera. They made these. a great phone. But guess what? The iPhone's been around for 13 years now, 2007, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they need a new product. So AR um, could be their next iPhone. We'll see if it is. We'll see uh, what they come with. But anyways, Apple's definitely not a monopoly. Um, and Amazon is actually, believe it or not, as big as they are, I think Amazon is way too small to be considered a monopoly too. Well, if anything, I would think Amazon, if they were to split something, it would be more, which they didn't even mention yesterday. But I would say, okay, you also control this cloud space. I would say, okay, we'll separate your Amazon Web Services yeah, but Amazon from Amazon the... Amazon Web from Services the, is not... A it's, monopoly either, right? Because you right. have Azure, you have Google Cloud. No, you have Google Cloud. You have Amazon. I mean, um, uh, Microsoft. Uh, Azure. Yeah. Uh, right. And and they, so, they have plenty of competition. Now, are they still number one again because they were first? Yes, they are still the largest because they were first, and they have great products. But there's plenty of competition. Right. There's plenty of competition from Google and Microsoft, but also from a lot of smaller companies too. So. Um, they don't really Amazon doesn't really have monopolies anywhere um, they're just the largest in many markets well but the biggest complaint was and you know this very well because you deal with that stuff all the time is uh, accusing or basically I mean there's there's actually proof that Amazon basically mines data from their own sellers to boost their own products their own private label products yeah but here's the thing and and so sellers go there with their product that they work so hard to sell and then they use amazon as the marketplace here's and the then thing. amazon says oh this thing is selling very well we need to basically control it copy it knock it off and then sell it under the amazon brand and then they they okay. they, yes. they hurt their own sellers yes but and by the way I'm being incredibly objective here, okay? As a, someone who, you know, we work with sellers all the time, we've had sellers who Amazon has their own Amazon basic versions mm -hmm. of their same exact products. But I have to be objective here. If you make that illegal for Amazon to do, then you have to make it illegal for every fucking retailer right. in America that does right. it. Every retailer has their own, you know, like here we have like lots of Kroger stores. Guess what? Half the products in there are Kroger brand. Walmart has their own brand. Uh, uh, Costco famously has Kirkland's, right? Like every retailer does this. Every retailer does this. Um, so if you make it illegal for Amazon, then you're going to have to make it illegal for all of them. It sets a precedent. And I don't think you should do that. But 
the question, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, I totally understand your point, but when Walmart is putting, or Kroger or whatever, are putting their own branded products next to the brand name product, like they put something next to their, like Windex and they have their own brand or something, they're not using the customer data. The customer goes in, goes what to the... mean? Well, no, I'm talking about the retail store. You yeah, go there... Oh, retailers are... People talk about Amazon being bad with data. Retailers don't give a fuck. Retailers don't give uh, companies any data at all. They own all the data. They know all the well, foot traffic I, I data. Understand. They, I understand, everything. but if I, if I walk... They don't share anything. Well, I understand, but my point is if I go to a uh, uh, fry supermarket or whatever, Walmart, and I see a whole shelf full of cleaning products, for example, or medicines or whatever, and I, I look at the, all the brands and I say, okay, this brand is a window cleaner and it costs five ninety five. This one is the Walmart brand and it costs three ninety five. dollars I have the choice. I mean, I don't have any data that is serving me this product over the other one or boosting you, it or whatever. Well, you do because they're taking shelf space. From yeah, they're taking shelf space there, but all, they're all there at the same view range versus if I go to Amazon and I'm searching whatever the Amazon selected product or Amazon's choice or whatever comes usually first but Amazon's versus choice the other is different. one. Amazon's choice can be any product. Well, I understand, but you have a little, you're, you're more, you are served a search result versus you go there and you have all the products and then you decide based on comparing ingredients and formulas and everything, uh, which one you prefer and price, obviously. So I see the point of Amazon saying, okay, well, this product, that has the search terms and all that stuff, and these guys are doing very well, we're gonna knock it off and then use that customer data to place this product on top of everything. And so if they want to find the other product, they're gonna have to scroll down and find it. But we're gonna place ours first. You know, so I mean, those things are a little tricky and we know that exist. I'm not so much into copying the whole e-commerce or the whole world these days co works about copying yeah, everything. Yeah, but you if know. you have a product that, see, that's the other thing though, that companies who can just have products ripped off like that um aren't good companies you need to have if, if you have a product that's easily copyable and then amazon can just come in and cut your price and beat you then you don't have a good company well yes that's why the, brand matters. I, I, I understand that's why uh customer service and experience yeah, but, but matters. you're talking about the the person that is shopping for a brand versus the person that is shopping for a product if you want a brand then there's no competition you want something nike I don't exactly. care what Adidas Build is doing. A brand. Yes, but there's other companies and other products that are not necessarily... Listen, the truth is... I mean, when they were Amazon was competing with diapers.com, and that was one of the things that they said, okay. and soap.com, and all these other things. Okay. And then diapers.com was selling, they ended up just buying them out. The truth and, is, and this is the truth, the far majority of Amazon sellers are not product developers or innovators. They go and they go to the same suppliers that other people sell from and slap their brand on it and sell the same product. If you go on Amazon for a lot of things, you'll notice a lot of the products look similar because they're the fucking same. Okay, I'm telling you this as someone on the inside who knows. A lot of these brands use the same exact supplier, the same product. They just put their label on it. Okay, and so then if Amazon does the same thing, goes to the same supplier, sells the same product, is there anything wrong with that? Well, you should probably differentiate yourself if you don't want that to happen to you. you if you just sell the same product as everybody else, well, I agree. You I can't mean, expect not the, to, for me, some, the main for problem not is, to the main with problem you. with the sellers, the third party sellers, is that they they go into Amazon Marketplace which at the end of the day is somebody else's marketplace. Yeah, on top they, of, of course. Right. And then they go there and they, they get used to having all these customers and then that marketplace, whether it's a physical, it's like you go to a farmer's market and all of a sudden they say, sorry, we're not going to accept uh, your stand anymore. And it's like, oh, shoot, I was used to coming here every weekend and I was making $1,000 every day or whatever. And it's like, well, sell on your own store. We're giving you the space and then we're shutting down the market or we're not accepting these products or whatever, you know? So... That's bad on the sellers to rely only on Amazon or put Amazon as their main revenue source because they know that they have they have zero control over what okay. Amazon is doing. But but one thing, like if I'm a book writer or something and I'm used to writing maybe a book a month, kids stories, children books, whatever, and I write the books and they're doing pretty well and I have my following and all that stuff, and then I sell through Amazon's bookstore. And then Amazon says, well, these guys are selling very well, so we're going to start creating our own children's books, and we're going to knock these guys off, and then we'll start selling our own books because they're not going to find those books anymore. They're going to find out, which is a true story. That was a family, basically, that were 
highlighted yesterday. And uh, all of a sudden, their books that were selling so well sold nothing. Because if I'm looking for a children's book and I don't see that book listed, I'm going to buy something that is listed, which is basically one that is making more money for Amazon because it's their own book. So then they cut me off. So that's bad on Amazon for doing that, as Bezos recognized, and he said that he wasn't aware and blah, blah, blah. But it's also bad on the seller to say, hey, my only way to sell the books is through Amazon. Okay, well, open your own bookstore, create your own website, create your own store. So if people really like you, they're going to do a search, find you, and then they just buy from you direct. You know, so so it's, it's something that you cannot just put the blame on the business trying to, like Amazon or whatever. You need to also be a business person yourself and say, I'm using Amazon as a channel, but it's not going to be my only channel. If that spoke of my wheel breaks, I still have 10 others that are going to sustain the wheel so it keeps rolling, you know. So um, that's my, my argument to that. But um, But yeah, I agree as far as Amazon not, being a monopoly, I think it's a good business. And, I think and they were the first mover in a huge space and they won. Why did they win? Because Amazon for the consumer is a phenomenal product. They give you the best prices. They give you free one or two days shipping. I mean, it's a great, great product. Why do you think so many people use it? It's just for sellers. Well, I mean, Amazon has been the, the, the highlight of this pandemic. If it weren't for Amazon... Yeah. If, if it weren't for... If, if the problem is that sellers complain that Amazon... I, I think Amazon should treat sellers better and that it's going to hurt them in the future that they've treated sellers so bad because I think new platforms are going to pop up that will treat sellers better. But Amazon doesn't have a monopoly. There's plenty of ways to compete with Amazon. Your fruit stand example. Okay. Well, if I'm Farmer Joe and I sell oranges at the fruit market, okay, uh, and I sell them at whatever price, and then another guy comes in and is able to maybe buy in larger quantities, whatever, and he's able to cut me by 25%, and then I start losing business because of that, well, that's business. That's competition. Yeah, oh, the I agree. consumer benefits because now the consumer gets cheaper oranges. Mm -hmm. So if Amazon is giving people, like I said, it's you can't be competed with if you're actually doing real product innovation and brand innovation, then it's very hard to compete with you. Amazon, if you notice, doesn't compete with Nike. Okay, they go and do the things that are super generic that everybody has the same suppliers for. Okay, if yeah, you're selling I agree. And, and, a generic vitamin, and, and Amazon now has to, their vitamin line. When okay, it comes but to yeah, when it comes to products, the 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 consumer is in charge basically. I mean, it's it's ultimately that competition is good for the consumer. Right, right. The consumer is in charge because when Amazon started putting away or putting out of business a lot of big box retailers, if, specifically in the electronics side, like all these circuit cities and. Uh, Ultimate Electronics. I mean, stores that we know even Best Buy was in danger, and then they kind of reshaped their own uh, way of doing business to compete with Amazon, and they're doing much better now. Actually, they're doing very well now. So, um, but when Amazon started putting all those guys out of business, it's because they provided a marketplace where people can sell those products and then be more competitive. And then everybody was saying, okay, well, the only advantage that Amazon had, which is now going away, is that people were saying, okay, they're not paying sales taxes. And that's when the states were jumping in saying, hey, everybody's just going to my store, be Best Buy, and then comparing prices, go to the app, and they say, oh, it's the same price on Amazon, but I have free shipping and I save on taxes. The and biggest like, advantage that Amazon has right now is their fulfillment. Um, but well, that's not by accident that's because amazon has invested billions and billions yeah. of dollars into their fulfillment infrastructure so everything fulfillment and the last mile shipping and the last mile delivery which is part of the fulfillment uh everything i mean they right. they are now creating their own so but there's nothing wrong with that that's no. great for the consumer right is anybody complaining that they get their stuff in and one day for free well the only no. thing you have to think about is that what are the rest of the stores doing now what is the walmart doing what is even shopify what is best by all these stores they're trying to copy what amazon has been successful on the, what did Amazon, what did Walmart just come up with? Their own prime format. We just discussed that two weeks ago. What is Amazon, I mean, Walmart doing again? They have their own uh, one-day shipping for some products and two-day shipping for some other things. They're copying all the features that are successful. So if Walmart is copying, what's wrong with Amazon copying or creating? You know, they're setting the trend and being like, annihilating the competition basically because they have a better seamless product 
to you know from product or from seller to consumer process where everything is so one click away and we're spoiled and everybody else that was saying oh yeah you want two day shipping yeah well it's gonna take us three days to even process your order and then you maybe you get the two day shipping maybe not we don't know the tracking i mean that's just totally obstacles you know the consumers today want things right away and they set this the, the bar so high whether it's at their own cost or not is another story that's up to the, them the, the thing that but they set the bar understand. so high that the other the other businesses could not just basically the thing that people them. don't understand is that amazon's biggest competitor is not other e-commerce companies amazon's biggest competitor is retail and they need to do everything they can to compete with retail because at the end of the day retail still dominates consumer spending in the united states by far this year because of the pandemic we've had a freak explosion in e-commerce but even still mm -hmm. right basically we went from 15 percent of consumer spending being online to now about 25 percent and that was a massive explosion but it's still only 25 percent right the biggest competitor is not some e-commerce website uh it's retail and they need to do everything they can to compete with retail and so the nice thing about retail is guess what you go to the store you buy it you take it home that day so why do you think they are investing so much in fulfillment? Because they want to provide that same experience, but buy it online. Yeah, and there's no. nothing wrong with Agreed. that. Agreed. And to that end, and I they think... Raised, the thing that Amazon has done that's good is they've raised the bar for everybody in e-commerce mm -hmm. because now consumer expectations are very high. Right. And so everybody has to meet those. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why the other big retailers are not trying to copy right. Amazon because they ignore Amazon's success when they started. When they were saying, oh, well, these guys are not going to be competing with us. People like to come to a store. Well, guess what? They don't. And now they're trying to do everything that Amazon is doing just to be competitive. So uh, to that end, in my opinion, uh, from all the four CEOs that were testifying yesterday, I think Jeff Bezos is the one who did a better job explaining what he could explain, recognizing what he could not explain, and saying, okay, well, I think this may be happening, even though it's against our policies, but uh, we're definitely looking into that. I think he was more prepared and giving more straight answers than the other three um, it's, okay, it's, let's mean, talk about Facebook and Google. So, yeah, let's move on to, to the more conflicting ones, which is Facebook and Google. So uh, go ahead with Facebook and go on to. Yeah, so these are the two that I think um, there's a real case for monopoly. By the way, before you get there, Facebook, Zuckerberg, to me, was the worst performer by far. I mean, he comes across... I mean, he was lying flat out about all things. He's and not he was, a great speaker, man. He's not a great speaker. That's number one. He's not a great speaker even in this kind of uh, trial situations, even though he wasn't physically there. He was in his office or something. By the way, all the, all the four CEOs had to swear before the hearing that they were not being fed because they were not present there. They had to swear that they were not being fed answers by their staff because they were in their own offices or whatever location with their computers answering the phone. I've been answering the questions and via uh, video conference, but they had to swear that the answers were just their answers and they were not being fed any any answers, which who knows if it's true or not, but they, they swore that. Wow. I but, think for Zuckerberg, it was true. Yeah, with, with Zuckerberg, he has, uh, I mean, um, uh, he was the worst as far as performing. I mean, he was caught lying. He was caught like um, not necessarily sounding truthful and and that's one thing that in, in my opinion he was actually the worst performing ceo the worst prepared for this particular hearing but go ahead with uh i think facebook it's easy to vilify it's really easy to vilify zuckerberg and facebook and i'm not saying that they haven't done any wrong and they haven't made a lot of mistakes but um when i when you kind of ask people okay instead of just saying fuck zuckerberg what do you want him to do, right? What do you want Zuckerberg to do? Okay, do you want him to basically just start putting in very strict uh, speech policies and then basically Facebook is now, this private entity is now speech police? Is that what you want? No, okay. Um, so then you don't want him to, you want him to be more hands off and just let people have free speech on the platform. Well, no, because then you have fake news and you have uh, hate speech and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what do you want him to do? That's the challenge, right? What do you? Because I, I think Zuckerberg would love nothing more than to be regulated, than for the government to come in and say, these are the rules for social media. Because then he absolves himself of responsibility. Right now, he is fully responsible for everything that happens on his platform because we don't have any rules at the government level for the platforms. 
And so he takes the heat no matter what. He takes the heat if he lets people have total free speech or the opposite, <clears throat> if he's doing too much censorship, he takes all the heat. There's no winning, basically. And I think he wants nothing more than to be regulated because he doesn't know what to do. I mean, what, what should Facebook do? Should they start being well, speech police or should they? Because the, a lot of the questions was asking him about very specific instances of censorship and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that there is not censorship at these companies. There obviously is on a lot of different levels. Um, but I think Facebook is too big, basically. They are too big to the point where they have too much power to, because Zuckerberg... People, this is the problem. Zuckerberg has terrible PR. Uh, Zuckerberg is one of the most most ruthless, badass founders we've had in the last 20, 30 years. Um, and there's a reason why Facebook is where it is. And you can see in the emails that they brought up uh, well, exactly how they got where they were. In the, in the, in the context, if we separate the, the censorship or free speech and all that, which is another topic, but in well, the context of antitrust, the fact that Facebook policy has always been like copying or cloning or knocking off competitors' features to their advantage or basically threatening them, um, if you don't join us, we're going to basically destroy you. I mean, there were specific instances of emails between or conversations between him and Kevin uh, Systrom or Systrom from Instagram. Um, and Spiegel from Snapchat. The, right, exactly. Uh, Say, honestly, saying basically that they were feeling threatened, saying if you don't sell to us, we're going to destroy you. Like here's the thing too. I think Zuckerberg is fucking thankful that they didn't buy Snapchat. Because if they own Snapchat too, on top of everything else they own, it would just right, be Right, but a, it was the same conversation with WhatsApp. They were... Okay. So... Yeah, I, I think that they're too big, um, and I think they're going to be split up at some point. I do think so. Um, yeah. At least Facebook and Instagram. I think. Yeah, if we get into up. the censorship stuff, then we have all the conversations, including probably the Twitters and everything else. But in this, in this they're context... They're either going to be split up or heavily regulated and have to follow a very strict rule set. That's what I think. Um, I, I, I actually don't think, purely on an anti-competitive basis... I don't think Facebook is anti-competitive. They're highly competitive. I mean, Zuckerberg did his job. Remember, a lot of these things, when you're reading emails from 2012 about Instagram, okay, Instagram wasn't what it is today, uh, and Facebook wasn't what it is today. Okay, in 2012, remember, this is way before the 2016 debacle way before i mean this is way 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 before any of this happened this is way before anything involving russia this was when nobody took social media seriously basically in 2012. so to read those in hindsight when they're still they, they weren't a startup at that point in 2012 but they were still a fast growing company and their goal was to and social media was still a wild west with no settled winners um i don't even think when Instagram got bought, do you know how many users they had? No idea. I think they had, don't quote me on this, but I think they had like 10 million users. They were, they were growing, but they were strictly a filter, photo filtering app. I, I, think mean, they they had, have... I think they had like 10 million users when they got bought. So to put that, I mean, Instagram has over a billion users now. So Zuckerberg's job in 2012 was we need to win social because you have network effects. And if another network gets larger, it's very hard to beat them. So we need to make sure we have the largest network. And he did his job. And now there's many other repercussions of that. And they've made many other mistakes along the way. But to read an email from 2012, man, the world was a very different place in 2012. Okay. I don't even think as smart as Zuckerberg is, he would have ever saw everything that was coming, coming. And, and you have to keep in mind like you said there's a lot of mistakes and by the I mean, way in 2012 people loved facebook this was way before right. and not only that i mean facebook, facebook tried to do their own copy of instagram and then they said okay we failed at this thing we're just gonna buy this other company i don't see anything wrong with that to be honest it's more on the operation part on the conversations and things than actually buy another company yeah, google also tried to jump into the social media arena with google plus that was a major failure you think so but, so but, but they, they take these emails saying like oh we need to kill these guys 
um, that's what every business does. You think you think uh, any business in the world isn't talking about their competition saying, man, we need to fucking kill these guys. They're going to try to eat point. our lunch. That was my point saying it's that why everybody, everybody has these conversations behind the scenes saying, hey, we need to kill these guys. I mean, I'm sure if you are for, you're complaining about GM doing yeah. this, they're killing our truck market or this and that, or you're married, you're complaining about Hilton's or you're... That, that that kind of conversation will exist in every major competitive even, arena. I mean, like whatever it is, even sports teams or whatever. Say, sports. You think Michael Jordan wasn't on the sidelines saying "fuck these guys"? All the, you, did you guys see the documentary? It's just the fact that they put those things in writing and saying, "Okay, well, either." Yeah, you, but even you, if they put it in writing, I, it, he should have said, "Yeah, guess what? We were competing and we." Won. I understand. That I understand. It's like you're with us or I'm without not, us, so Zuckerberg, you're not with us. Zuckerberg should say, "I'm not going to apologize for winning." Okay, we won and we won. It's the famous thing. You, you cannot wanna, beat your enemy, just join them. You know, just. Zuckerberg shouldn't apologize for winning. He can apologize for the mistakes they made in 2016 and have made since then. But he should not apologize for winning and being the largest platform. Because if he didn't do it, somebody else would. If he didn't do it, then uh, Systrom would be the Zuckerberg or right. Spiegel would be Zuckerberg. Right. right? So someone else would. I, I think. I think back to the the uh, being dis, being split or anything. I think I can see Facebook. I, I think when they acquired WhatsApp and they started f changing some of the features of WhatsApp and other stuff, I think that was a little kind of tricky because WhatsApp wasn't that known in the U.S. It's a major use application in in Europe and the rest of the world. But um, I think that's one of the them, things that people didn't like when they acquired all the customer data. And people were using WhatsApp because it was it had more strict privacy controls and everything. All of a sudden, Facebook acquired them, and I was like, "Oh wow! Now, now all of a sudden, all my conversations, all my stuff is going to be available just because Facebook has it." Yeah, but there's also plenty of chat apps that have privacy too that, that are not WhatsApp. I mean, Signal is a big one. Signal right. is the best for privacy. Um, there, there's other ones. Uh, I actually think that um, Instagram and Facebook are not a monopoly. They have a massive network. They're not going anywhere. But I think that we're going to see plenty of social apps. Pop I mean, we saw TikTok pop up. Nobody saw mm -hmm. TikTok coming. And now TikTok is bigger, uh, is going to be bigger than Instagram. Okay. Um, and I think we're if gonna, it stays in the US, I think we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more social apps pop up that bring real competition to Facebook and Instagram. Um, but there's, I think there is still an argument to be made that Facebook and Instagram should be separate. Um, either that or, or strictly regulated. Um, I, I like to think consumers need to also educate themselves and see when they're using these social apps, just realize that they're putting their their information out there you know okay and the amazing thing is that a lot of people don't realize that when you talk about privacy i, I mean okay yeah we are, privacy you know what i'm gonna say this right now i don't think people care about privacy no no well exactly but people that's the thing say they care you about only hear about privacy concerns when you're talking to high level tech people or people in the industry or even you know people like us or because even but with you go to any main town usa that are using Facebook, all that stuff, you say, are you concerned about your privacy? And they're like, they look at you like, what are you talking about? People, like, they don't understand. TikTok, where it's literally the CCP stealing your data. Right. There were plenty of people saying, I saw it, saying, I don't care. Yeah. The US government steals my data. I don't care if the Chinese do it too. What does it yeah. bother me? No, I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to, you know. I don't think people care about privacy. I think that people at tech companies care about privacy. I don't think average people care about privacy. Right. Um, well, I, I, and then they say, well, anyways, let's, let's um, so jump to Google. Google. I think the biggest one that there is 100% an antitrust argument for is Google. Um, because the, their, their argument against it is that you're just one click away from another search engine. Uh, right, that's the whole thing. You just like you type in Google.com, you could type in any other search engine, and they're just one click away. Mm -hmm. That's not true, because every what does every website in the world optimize for? We search. do it too. Yeah, Google, Google well, search, because not just they are, any because search. they dominate. Yes, two thirds of the market. Yes, more, but in the U.S. more. Uh, in the U.S., it's ninety something percent. Well, as far as search. Yeah, it's for a search. Yeah, but then Google also owns Chrome. They own Gmail. Right. They own That's YouTube. The thing. They That's own. Double, I mean, double click. All they own. They own double click. They own all the ads platforms. I mean, Google owns everything. 
again, as a business, great job. They fucking did it, okay? But as an antitrust, there is certainly argument to be made. Especially, I think, I think YouTube should be split up. What? I think YouTube should be its own company. Um, in the beginning, YouTube wasn't making money, so they needed to be under Google's wing, and that's how they made it. But at this point, I think that Google should, I mean, YouTube should be its own company. And I think Google should do it on their own before the government does it. That's what they should do. If Google wants to not be hit with mega antitrust, they should split YouTube into its own thing. Yeah, that will be a, a good first step. I mean, the, the, the issue with them, specifically in the advertising market, because what, what they say is that they're feeding the customer the information that is profitable for them. And, and obviously, again, this is something that is like, okay, yeah, what's wrong with making money? We're a public company. We respond to our shareholders. Therefore, we try to make as much money as possible. So they're, what they ended up doing is buying every single step of the process. So they are in the, in the advertising arena. They are on the buying side and on the selling side. It's almost like, like I think the, the congresswoman that was questioning um, Sundar Pichai, she, she said, you're like the, the ad marketplace um, version of uh, insider trading, you know, that you know what's going to happen and you buy ahead of time, you know. So so these guys have the, the right. information. So to put it in perspective for people. So if you have your own website, right, and you want to sell uh, and you have display ad spots on your website, it's no different than like if you have like a billboard or something or a right. magazine, but you have it on your website. Uh, what you can do is you can put those ads for sale in auctions, mm -hmm. in ad exchanges, basically, right. and then people can bid, and then the highest bidder gets their display ads on your website. Right. Well, Google owns the websites, and so like on YouTube, they own the website where those ads are being displayed, and they own the exchange, right? It's like if the NYSE also owned all the companies that were on right. the NYSE. They, they have the whole display network with with AdSense. Then they have the the they own the exchange itself, which right. is double click. So they can set the bids and the prices and all that stuff basically on their own. So so they they control the whole aspect of that and in search. That's just display part, as by as banners and space on on publishers. But on the search side, they also are very uh, manipulative of the search results. I mean, they've been modifying the search results to the, to to fit their profits as much as possible. Right. I mean, and you remember search they, they used to have all significantly this significantly worse over right. The years. I mean, it's we, getting worse. You used to have a whole page of organic results, which is the ones that you supposedly earn, and then you have a sidebar. It's, it's not even just organic versus paid. It's on top of that. It's just that it's so gameable that a lot of the top articles are so worthless right. that they're but, just trying to sell but you But not something. only that, I mean, they were they were competing with, like, Yelp is a perfect example. Yelp was getting a lot of uh, traffic from reviews on specific restaurants and that stuff. And Google say, hey, these guys, a lot of people that go to restaurants are going to Yelp directly and not coming to us because we don't have much information other than this restaurant is here and there. Yelp had everything and reviews and all that stuff. Well, they start stealing all their reviews. So there was a you know, a, a, a lawsuit and a complaint from Yelp saying, hey, they're taking all our stuff and they're knocking off all rankings from, from the Google resource page. So so that was one thing where they were uh, gaming the competition or basically taking advantage of the competition for their own for their own benefit. Um, in addition to that, they, uh, I mean, in the travel industry, is very well known how they you look for something, the whole first half of the page, which is what we call about the fold, is all Google hotel ads, basically, or hotel products, um, which they have their own mini online travel agency results there that you have to pay for. It's called MetaSearch. And then you have all the results there. And then right. I mean, the they can click on Google that. is there the largest search engine, the largest uh, video platform, the largest email provider, the largest web browser. They just own so much shit. Basically. They own a lot of options they own the largest a lot of formats of different customer data they know your browsing history they know your communication history through gmail they know your viewing history through youtube they know everything about you and therefore and not only that and they own android and they, well android's open source and they own the advertising platform so that's not enough to say i know exactly what you want and how you want it and when you want it and how to show it to you and in which format that's basically the, the, the definition of monopoly because any other company is like, okay, either I play the Google game and hope that I get it or I have no chance of reaching that potential customer. So that's a very specific case of, uh, 
of a monopoly, if you will. And and I think um, and, and the CEO um, Sundar Pichai didn't didn't really do a very good job explaining. He basically just was very um, straightforward, saying, "Well, we we uh, our data mining, or we, we we take care of customer data, and we use customer data for advertising, all that stuff." I mean, basically, he would say what they do, but um, he wasn't explaining what. Privacy uh, controls they have in place, or what policy they have in place to, if they are really a search engine that allows people to find the best result for what looking for, what they're doing to find that kind of uh, neutrality, you know, in addition to selling the advertising space. So, I think Google, if if any of them probably should be split up, it's I think number one is Google, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I just think they own too much, um, and they're lacking. Uh, I think their products are just getting worse. They really don't add a lot of, because on top of that, right, those are like the mega tools, but they also own, we didn't really mention much about Android. Uh, they also have like the Google Suite, well, everything, Google I mean, Drive. It, uh, not even that, I mean, Nest. I mean, uh, <laughs> house uh, uh, products too. I mean, they, they, they can tell, I mean, they have security products. They have Google Maps is the biggest maps. R- right. I mean, they own a lot. Um, I think the biggest one is that they own YouTube. They own the biggest video platform on top of owning the biggest search engine, on top of owning the biggest email platform. Like, I think Gmail, Google.com, and YouTube are the three biggies that they're gonna. That I I, I anticipate something being split up. I think the most likely. And why I think Google should do it on their own without having the government involved preemptively is I think they should split YouTube. Okay, well, that's a good question. Let me, do you think, I mean, because everything, they testify for five hours, and we've seen this before, and nothing happens really. I mean, yeah, they, they're put on the spot, and I then they move on with happen. their lives. Do you think anything will happen after yeah, this? I think that. Um, I think that the world is burning a little bit in a sense, and people are looking for someone to blame. I mean, and these this, companies are very easy. The, to blame. the European Union is, a, is much more strict about these antitrust or, or anti-monopoly policies. And uh, for example, I mean, they are now considering. I think they actually announced it this morning that they are uh, Google also um, purchase uh, Fitbit. Which is the health app? Yeah. You know, I actually have a Fitbit uh, wristband. So, um, so now the European Union is saying, okay, well, we don't want people's health information that they bought from Fitbit with certain things to now go to Google, and then you match that with all the Google information, and then you have even more content that you, more personal information that you have from each user. So they are actually questioning that in the U.S. I don't think there's even a case brought up for that. So. These major companies are constantly fighting. But I don't think that's a monopoly concern because well, Fitbit is not. Fitbit's big and they're successful, but there's plenty of competition uh, in the health watch. It's not about as far as the monopoly. Space. It's as far as it's the same thing with the uh, personal information. I mean, when you get a Fitbit, you say, "Okay, I'm trusting this company with my health information. They're gonna know what I exercise, my heart rate, blah blah blah, all that stuff." And now all of a sudden, Google is gonna have that. I didn't want Google to have that information. Uh, Fitbit, I trust Google. I don't. So at what point do you say, okay, well, this has to be a firewall. Same thing happened with WhatsApp and Facebook and so forth. So you, you, you trust these companies with certain information that is yours. And then before you know it, uh, let's say that you love Fitbit, but, but you hate Google. And then before you know it, they're all, they're all together. Here's my counter argument, right? And I think Google probably should be split up in some way. Um, for the consumer, Google is great. Google gives you all of these tools for free and they're all great or at least they're all very good and they give you them all for free and the reason they're able to give them to you for free is they basically we're going to give you all of these tools for free but we're going to take your data and we're going to sell you ads so sell it to advertisers who are going to and we're going to deliver you ads that's the exchange basically you give up your data privacy which i don't think most people care about and you get access to all of this shit for free google doesn't charge for anything youtube is free google is free gmail is free Google Suite, Google Drive, right, everything right. is free. Google Maps is free. They just want your data so they can sell ads. And I think most people, honestly, if you said, would you rather keep all your data or pay Google $20 a month for all these services, they say, ah, they can have my data. I don't want to pay 20 bucks a month. Yeah, but let's have all the tools that you can 
control to a certain extent what data you provide, and then you can browse things differently. Yeah, and nobody all that. looks at that. I know. They, I know. they bury it in the system. Right. Like you can go on Chrome, but it's totally buried. Right, right. Well, and and like the same honestly, people that complain. You, I mean, if it's you ask the average person, okay, if, if YouTube and Google and Gmail and all these things, uh, they're going to be ad-free. We're not going to collect your data, but it's now $25 a month. Do you think anybody's going to do that? Do you, th do you think the far majority of people would say, ah, I don't care, take my data. I don't want to pay $25 a month. Yeah, majority of people will just say, hey, I just like to use Google. They don't even care about that stuff. There you yeah. go. So, all right, so that was the summary for yesterday's hearing. I personally think that nothing's going to happen in the very near future or even Very the near, future. no. These things don't just happen overnight. Right. But I, if I had to make one guess out of all the companies, I think that at some point YouTube and Google will be split. At some point. I mean, I think, I think the timing was more critical just, just because we have elections now in 95 days or something like that. There were saying also, okay, we know what happened four years ago with the Russian interference and blah, blah, blah and, and all that stuff on what's going to happen in the next elections. You know, and there's always the, you know, proof of uh, uh, campaign contribution and all that. But uh, I think the timing was a little more like because of the elections are coming after that. I mean, we'll probably hear more in the next, you know, couple of months. And then after that, I really don't think anything major will happen. If Google goes and splits YouTube, on its own, I think it'll be a good move to say, hey, get off our back for now. We just did this. Right, I mean, eBay did the same thing with PayPal, um, right? Like PayPal right. ended up being worth more than eBay. I think, I'm not saying that YouTube would be worth more than Google, but I think YouTube by itself could easily pull a $150, $200 billion valuation probably. Um, and it could be its own mega public company. And I yeah. think it should just be its own separate thing. Yeah. I agree. All right, so let's switch topics now to um, wrap it up. So um, on the lighter note, sports. What do we have? NBA starting this evening, officially restarting the league. Um, yep. Excited? Yeah. Well, you know, the Suns are not going to go very far. Yeah, it's okay. I just want to watch basketball again. I miss who's, basketball. Who's playing tonight, you said? Uh, the Lakers against somebody. Well, there's a couple games. Okay. But the uh, prime time. I know By the time this comes out, the game will already have happened. So, so I'm completely off of basketball talk. Um, but I remember before um, the um, the end of the season or the cancellation of the season, the, the there were three or four major teams that were in contention that everybody thought they were going to go to the uh, you know for the championship. And on the in the Western Conference, it was mostly an LA rivalry between Clippers and Lakers. And then you have um, uh, the uh, Timberwolves, no, the Bucks. Timberwolves. No, the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and who else is in the East that could be? Is Toronto still a, a factor? Yeah. Uh, realistic chances of like making the finals. Um, probably Toronto. Maybe the Sixers. Um, okay. I think it's gonna be the Bucks. I don't really think anybody. I mean, the Celtics. Maybe uh, you have the Heat, um, the the Pacers. But right, so I, I think I think the only this to me personally, I think it's the Bucks um, in their tier one by themselves, and then maybe the Raptors and the Sixers, and so maybe but, the Celtics. But what I was asking is, is this still the same now, or after these three months that we've been doing basically pandemic stuff? The, the things have changed. I know some players. No, I don't. I mean, nothing's changed. If anything, it's just made everybody's healthy now. There's no injuries, right? Everybody had four months. But there's to some recovery. players. There's some teams that have players that didn't want to go to the. Everybody's uh, there. Uh, there's a few players that didn't go. Uh, Avery Bradley for the Lakers didn't go, but but for the most part, everybody's there. Okay, so they're all in the bubble. For the they're most all part. training. Yeah. And they're all basically yeah. going. Anything, um, the format is the same. Uh, once the, the league ends, so they're going to have a reduced number of games for the end of the season, and then the, the playoffs start. Normal no, format. it's going to be. There's like, I think they have, um, I, I forget exactly what it is, but there's like some type of tiebreaker um, for like the 8 9 seed or something. Okay. Or, or maybe 7 through 10. I forget exactly what, what they did. Um, but there's going to be some type of like play-in games for those few teams that are in that spot. Okay, like a qualifying, like the two for yeah. Uh, so, what's your your uh, prediction for uh, champion this year? I don't 
know. Before it was Lakers, before the season stopped, um, I just thought they looked really good. And obviously, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, so that's a tough duo to beat. Um, probably Lakers or Clippers. Um, so whoever makes it in the West will win. Uh, so it looks like the Bucs will not have a chance. No, the Bucs have a chance. I'm not saying they don't. I just, if I had to like put my money on it, who do I think? The, okay, I think the Lakers are the best top-end team because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, and But I think the Clippers are just, if you're talking about most well-rounded, flat-out best teams, it's the Clippers. They're the deepest, right? They don't have any weak spots. The Lakers have weak spots. But the Clippers do not have a center. And so when it comes down to Anthony Davis mm-hmm. versus whoever the fuck on the Clippers is going to have to guard him, that's going to be a problem. Um, but at the same time, they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who are going to be very good at guarding LeBron, and they're going to be able to shut him down probably. Not shut him down, but slow him down a lot. Um, and I think it's going to be a big toll on LeBron because he doesn't play a lot of defense normally. It's not that he's not a good defender, but he likes to rest on defense. And when he's got Kawhi and Paul George, there's no rest. He's going to have mm-hmm. to defend those guys. And so he's not going to be as productive offensively. So I think whoever wins that series probably wins um, the championship. But no, the Bucks definitely have a chance. The Bucks so, are very so good. I would just that say that they're the number three. The fact that he's in a bubble where there's no home Yeah, and the Clippers the also are the weakest home team as far as they don't really have a home crowd. Right. Um, so, but that doesn't matter now. Right. Basically. And the Lakers have a huge home advantage, right? Playing in Staples with the Lakers crowd mm-hmm. is a big deal, and they don't have that anymore. Right. Um, and then on top of that, the Lakers lost Avery Bradley and uh, Rajon Rondo, who's been very, uh, uh, like, out of it, basically. And those are two, like, like, obviously, they're not stars, but when it comes to the playoffs, you need a very well-rounded team. And the Clippers are much deeper than the Lakers are. So... Um, yeah, it, it'll be very fun. It'll be a very fun series. I think my wild card would probably be... Uh, hmm. I have two wild cards. And they both... They're literal wild cards. They could either play phenomenal or play like absolute shit and do nothing. And that is the Rockets in the West and the Sixers in the East. To me, the Rockets are the eternal... Failure I think in the, the playoffs. The Rockets, when they're on, they're fucking tough to beat. Yeah, but they're never. But comp- they also, when they're off, they yeah. look terrible. Yeah. I also think the Sixers are the same thing. The Sixers, if they can figure it out, they, as far as pure talent goes, they are the most talented team in the East. So if they can figure it out, they can win the East. But they just have not figured it out. Um, so we'll see, but those are my two wild cards. They're either going to be like, like there's no middle ground. Like they're not like just average. They're like, they're either playing like dog shit or they're unstoppable. Basically there's no in between. And I don't know which one we're going to see. Well, I will be watching my other prediction is my local son's team. Everybody plays eight games. I hope, and I think they have a real chance at winning at least five games. I think okay. they look really good. They beat the Raptors. They blew up the Raptors despite the fact... Yeah, but that was a scrimmage. No, but it was the final scrimmage game. Doesn't matter. Still no, everybody played. That's the thing. It was the last game before the real game. So everybody played on both sides. And Devin Booker... We blew up the Raptors and Devin Booker only had nine points. Like, the weakest thing is that the Suns are always just getting carried by Devin Booker. And we actually blew out the Raptors without Devin Booker needing to score for us, which is a very good sign. And everybody's healthy. So I'll be watching plenty of Suns games. All right. Well, I'll be watching tonight's Lakers game. That's the, thing the one is the that Lakers I can only need to win one game, I think. Okay. Out that's of fine. eight, I'll be so watching they don't really just, care. just because I'm curious about the uh, the whole bubble environment. It looks good. It actually looks good. It. It's, I've it's, been watching a lot of MLS lately. They they have this fake crowd noise. Yeah, they didn't that do that. So so for the NBA, they they they're testing things. They still have the music that you see in normal yeah, yeah. Uh, games, but they don't have crowd noise. I think they're gonna try it. Yeah, but I don't it know. has to be done right. I, I think the MLS I did actually, a good job. Fox did a good job I, I, because ESPN didn't have crowd noise and it was a little more uh, strange. But uh, with Fox, the MLS, they had this crowd noise and even like 
drums and stuff and and to be honest when you have a tight shot it almost looks that there's a crowd there obviously when you have a wide shot you see that there's nobody but honestly uh, the basketball has been good i mean i i think they did a really good job i think they did a really good job so i will watch the lakers tonight after that i'm not sure exactly what i will watch but uh while you watch that i'll be um looking at um f1 this weekend that is also going to silverstone they have another um triple header weekend three weekends in a row which is first time second time the first time was this season two so they have two all silverstone and then if barcelona stays because spain is also back to coronavirus uh re uh, cases increases or whatever so anyways for now it's two weeks back to back at silverstone and then maybe barcelona um in a couple of weeks so we'll see all right so uh anything else david all right so i That's think it. that wraps it up for today and um a reminder that this is brought to you by MGR Agency. We have no sponsors. We don't want to have any sponsors. And uh, for any show notes, go to um, either MGR Agency or our official podcast website, that is mgrh.com. And uh, everything else, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. Give us uh, five stars, thumbs up, whatever review method you have. Just help us spread the word, and then all the friends can find it as well. But until then, we'll see you next week again. Thanks. Bye-bye.